0: For your entire career I frequently say that career in academic medicine is a marathon not a sprint and if you know anything about marathons you have to fuel yourself you have to have periods to rest walking periods in addition to running periods so that you can finish that marathon and the same is true for us we really need to have those foundational skills
1: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. I'm Kim Skorupski, the Associate Dean for Faculty Development at Johns Hopkins. And today, we're very happy that we've got Dr. Wendy Ward back. Hi, Wendy. Hi. Dr. Wendy Ward is a professor at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, the Director of Interprofessional Faculty Development, and the Associate Director of Professional Wellness there. Her background is in clinical psychology and peds psych, I believe, right? That's correct. And Wendy has been developing these great ten tips for early career professionals. Hopefully, by now you've not only listened to her interprofessional education talk, which was really cool, team-based care, like well-oiled team members. It was such a great talk, and I, it was real. I really urge you to go take a look at that. And she's already talked about ten tips to prepare for promotion. What's on deck today, Wendy? Well, I was thinking today we would talk
0: about ten things early career professionals can do to promote better work-life balance or what's commonly referred to as professional wellness
1: okay that's really important always and especially now please take it away thank you so items one through seven are going
0: to sound a little simplistic but bear with me because sometimes those foundational concepts are super important so the first thing to do is to start healthy habits early. So hopefully you've started those in your residency or your fellowship. But if not, starting off with uh, building a schedule and a flow of your day that includes healthy habits can really help protect you from the stress that is commonly uh, occurring in our healthcare system right now. So those healthy habits could include things like healthy eating. Now, I, like all of our listeners, uh, have a very hectic work life. And so being able to sit and have a fully formed lunch um, that I create in the moment is really just impossible. So trying to find ways to eat healthy on the go or in small bits of time or while on conference calls or at meetings, a really important way to try and maintain physical health, uh, in your early career and that will help sustain you throughout the rest of your career. There are lots of places you can find tips and tools for um, building those uh, work lunches. It might be what you purchase and keep in your office. It might be batch cooking ahead of time. Uh, lots of those things out there on the internet, I would really encourage you to go and take a look. The second, and very similar, is to uh, have an active lifestyle. Now, I know my schedule has changed over the years, and so there were times that I was in clinic from 8 to 5, and so getting up early or going after work where my only options for uh, when to do physical activity. But I spent some time thinking about where it fit best for me and where I was less likely to say, no, I'm a morning person. So early in the morning is best for me. If I wait till the end of the day, I'm too fatigued. But I have friends and colleagues that it's the complete opposite. In fact, my husband is the opposite. so We rarely work out together. But uh, doing it at a time where where it fits with your own sort of internal likelihood that you're going to do it can really help in sustaining uh, a lifetime exercise habit. We know that exercise can improve physical and mental health. In fact, it's one of two huge, impactful things that you can do to promote better health and wellness. The other one is sleep. And I'd like to talk about that for a little while. Disrupted sleep is common. Many of us as healthcare providers work on usual shifts or are on call, and that creates a lot of sleep disruption, which we know has a cascading effect. In fact, not getting high quality and quantity of sleep can impact fatigue. It can impact the degree of medical errors that you might have. Um, it impacts memory. It impacts uh, emotional health. So you're more likely to be t- depressed or anxious, worrying. Um, it can have an impact on you physically. So it will increase the uh, inflammation markers in your system, which can have a cascading effect on numerous health conditions. And so sleep, even though it's something we tend to put last, really needs to be put first and mm-hmm. make sure that we're getting seven to eight good quality hours. And if our sleep is fragmented because of call, we might need more than that. Right. So add some extra hours for sleep. The fourth thing I would have people think about is time with important relationships. Oftentimes when we get busy, we drift away from um, the evening with our friends or the date night with our significant other or time with our children. And it isn't a conscious thing. It's just trying to be able to keep up with the requirements in a busy academic medicine career. And unfortunately, one of the best ways to support ourselves in stressful situations is really having those strong relationships, a strong, supportive network of people to help us. And so I learned early on that having some time in my week that was quality time with each of my children and with my significant other helped sustain me on the days that I was stressed and maintain those relationships. Um, gave to them and also received nurturance back Mm -hmm. from all of those relationships um, to the betterment of their lives and and mine as well. And so that's really one that I would strongly encourage people um, thinking about and doing. And it has changed over time. My kids and I, uh, we used to do a night of the week, and I would rotate who I would take out to dinner alone and kind of have that alone conversation with them where they open up about things that they won't in front of their siblings um, and I really cherished that. And then we got so busy in after-school activities, we moved it to Sunday. So now it's a Sunday brunch that we rotate. So being flexible about the when and sticking with the it needs to be a high priority is something I would recommend to folks. My uh, date night with my significant others moved around uh, as well. So number five would be time management strategies. Now, that's a really interesting concept because we can't really find more time. It is a finite construct. We have the number of hours that we have. But utilizing our approach to time is really critical. So we want to make sure that we're blocking time in our day, not just the work day, but pre and post for these wellness activities that we're discussing and for other things that are truly important to us, things that are meaningful in our lives. Anytime we promote uh, time with things that gain meaning it helps reduce stress uh, promote that connection with the meaning in our life of the work and the things that, outside of work that we do um, that give us purpose and so really thinking through what your schedule looks like what you're protecting on your schedule putting these wellness activities into your schedule uh, whether it's during the work day or before or after is really critical yeah Number six is taking vacation and sick time. So I know that sounds really simplistic, but it is so important.
1: And I don't know anybody who does it.
0: (laughs) Many of us don't. We end up working um, so much that we're not taking the time we need. Even healthcare professionals are working when they're ill. We know uh, during the COVID-19 crisis uh, that we really can't take the risk of infecting our patient populations and our colleagues. Um, with any bugs that we might have, and so staying home when we're sick is critical. But it, also, it often feels to early career professionals like they're exhibiting weakness, and I would ask you to push back against that feeling because we really need to take the time to either renew, which would be vacation, or to become healthy again, which would be sick time. Now, I have a, a friend uh, who ha- uses an app that helps count down the vacation time. and There's actually some research on that. If you use an app and it, it'll text you now and again, you have three months to your vacation, you have two weeks till your vacation. Um, but you can also look at the counter every day if you wish. Um, the research suggests that act, that actually reduces stress. To know that you have a break coming helps you ride the stress that you're in much better. Oh and so goodness. I've started using this app. Um, a there's a couple of There are a couple of different ones out there and I'm blanking on the name, but I can pull it up pretty quick. But one of them is Countdown. Countdown app here. Yep. Oh, they're all called Countdown. They're just different, made by different vendors. That's so cool. I love it. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, and it's a free app. Um, You can only count down to one thing. So if you have multiple things you're counting down to, you can purchase it or you can get two free apps and have one for each. The next one that I would think about is financial. There's a lot of emerging literature now on financial wellness with healthcare professionals. We are highly likely in our early career to have significant student debt. And it's really easy when you have a larger salary to uh, engage in an active lifestyle or a Uh, purchasing lifestyle that um, is consistent with your salary, but not consistent with your debt profile. And so I would encourage you to think carefully um, before making big purchases like cars and houses and things like that, to really think about how to pay down your debt as a first priority, and then to enjoy some of the um, fruits of your labor, shall we say, um, with purchases after debt has been considered, and maybe after Spending some time thinking about retirement planning, um, saving for students, uh, you, you know, your children or future children's uh, college funds, those kinds of things, um, so that you have a, a lifestyle within your means and you're also preparing for those future financial needs, um, as well wise. as dealing with money debt.
1: Yeah, so wise. Yeah. I love that advice. We On the podcast, we've had Dr. Yuval Bar-Orr. Who is from our Hopkins Carey School of Business, and he just did a podcast on financial, uh, the essential financial basic like content for junior faculty members, and that's that's exactly what he talked about. But I like I like how you said that living, uh, that the contrast between how did you put it so nicely, your salary versus your debt profile. The what was it? Uh, I, I can't remember the exact words, but... Oh, well, you, you, you all heard it out there, but I think that's a really nice way of saying, you know, looking at the salary, but um, having that contrary to the debt profile. I thought that was a really interesting way of um, thinking about, yeah, you may have the high salary, but you may have the high debt as well. So let's prioritize that.
0: Exactly, exactly. So as I mentioned at the start, items one through seven are really foundational concepts. They're not new or earth shattering Um, But they are critical to set a foundation of of a healthy lifestyle across all those different domains. And they're critical not just as junior career faculty, but as you go through your career, stresses change, schedules change, being aware that those seven items are a high priority and maintaining them as a priority in your lifestyle for your entire career. I frequently say that uh, a career in academic medicine is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you know anything about marathons, you have to fuel yourself. You have to have periods of rest, walking periods, in addition to running periods so that you can finish that marathon. And the same is true for us. We really need to have those foundational skills. So number eight uh, really is thinking about times of stress. There are going to be times in our lives where stress is higher. If you're in the inpatient world, it's during flu season. If you are... um, In the outpatient world, you have less stress during the summer. It tends to be a little lighter, particularly in pediatric world. Uh, If you're um, a researcher, then right before grants are due are going to be a really stressful time. If you're an educator, um, then those nine months are more stressful than other periods of the year and particularly around exams. So whatever track or, or specific area you're in, there are times of higher stress and times of lower stress. And I would have you think about, during those high-stress times, what you can do for yourself. Planning ahead. You know it's coming. There are other things we don't perceive are coming. We're not aware they, they um, can't be prepared for. But there are some that you can. Do you need extra sleep during that time? Do you need more uh, walks or um, exercise during that time? Do you need to think more strategically about um, what you're eating during that time? or spending more time with supportive people, um, or maybe a vacation right after is a good thing to plan. Those are things that you could really think about and prepare for ahead of time. I would similarly have you think about those times of relatively low stress. Now, we don't ever have or almost never have no stress, but relatively lower periods of stress. Those might be the times that you could capitalize on doing some writing or more scholarly work. Mm It might be the time that you would meet with mentees and really engage in that work, which might be harder to do at different times of the year. Uh, you might engage in clinical innovation project planning, so trying to get a group together and thinking about quality improvement projects, or it might be a time that you prep some of your teaching materials that you can later use in the year, but think about the rhythm of the work that we have over the year and capitalizing on the lower stress times and planning for the high stress times can be super important. And then item number 10 is to really just recognize that balance isn't achievable. I work with so many people who think that there's this harmony, this state of balance that you you achieve. And I will tell you that those moments are rare. And it doesn't mean that you're not balanced. In fact, the word balance might not be the best word to think about. Resilient. I think about um, ocean waves or things that ebb and flow. Being able to uh, roll with those changes and uh, maintain an upbeat, positive attitude and maintain your own physical and emotional health and your relationships with others are really the sign that you have achieved professional wellness. Uh, And so I would um, show yourself some kindness and not think that, that this harmonious balance is achievable. I would suggest to you that it's not.
1: Wendy, this was wonderful. I really appreciate you. No problem. Happy to do it. All right, everybody. Well, you've been listening to and learning from and being inspired and encouraged by Dr. Wendy Ward, a professor at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. We'll see you next time, Wendy.